Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we dive into real conversation about photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And now, let's dive into conversation. All right, we're officially live. I'm here with my friend Tina Doshi, and I'm, we're actually just outside of Dallas, Texas. Is that right? Yeah, we're in North Dallas area. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't always get the opportunity to sit down for conversation or interviews in person for the Boca podcast. So today I have that privilege. We actually get to sit here in your home. Um, I've had the wonderful opportunity to spend a little bit of time with you and your family, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But I appreciate you making time to sit down and have this conversation with us today. Yeah, Nathan, thank you so much for coming all the way out here. It's been amazing so far to be able to spend this time with you, just get to know you a little bit better. Um, so I'm really glad and excited to to have this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it's <laughs> been my privilege, and you guys have been so gracious in hosting me. We've had some interesting conversation already, for and I'm sure, sure we will continue to. <laughs> Um, but I want to start off with a bang, if you will. I, I, give us a big idea. And we're going to talk a little bit about sales today. Right. Um, and interested in getting into that and kind of exploring this topic a little bit more. Um, I had a guest on that podcast a couple of episodes ago, and we, we dove into this topic. It's never been really a strength of mine. And uh, so I'm curious to learn some, and I'm sure our listeners are curious to learn some more about this topic of sales as well. But give us a big idea to start off, and then we'll, then we'll talk a little bit more about you. Yeah. I think for me, um, one of the biggest things or one of the biggest shifts that happened in my business is when I started to think about sales in terms of serving. Okay. So when you think about sales in terms of service and serving your clients and putting your clients first, everything else changes. It's not about you. You don't have to make it about you. And I think so many people put so many pressure, so much pressure on themselves when it comes to selling like, oh, I've got to share this fact. I've got to have all these examples and sample albums and all this stuff. And really, if you just take a step back and make it about your client and understand what's important to them and really put that service first, you can have amazing results in your business. And I actually had the opportunity earlier to hear you on a phone call with a potential client. And, and you, I mean, you practice what you preach. You, you did just this. So we're going to dive into that in a little bit more detail here in just a little bit. But I love starting off with that idea. It's so easy. And I, I know I can speak personally, both in my personal life and in my business, um, I get in my own way sometimes. And a lot of that is just my ego that gets in the way. So I love this idea of setting our ego aside is essentially what we're talking about and focusing on the person we're talking to, their needs, what it is that they want, what they're interested in. And yeah. that is a beautiful platform for being a better salesperson. So we'll get into that in a little bit more detail here uh, in just a second, but tell us a little bit about yourself. I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Um, where you're based, where you're originally from. Tell us a little bit about your family as well. Yeah, so I, we're here in Dallas, Texas, obviously based out of Texas. Yeah. But my f wedding photography business is KSD Weddings, which okay. is actually a New York City-based company. I was living out in New York for about six years, so started the company out there and just kind of expanded and grew. And I pretty much travel back and forth between two markets. Um, you mentioned earlier that you... You traveled for 25 weddings in New York yeah, last year? I did. <laughs> I, I can only imagine how exhausted you had to have been. Yeah, 
but you, I mean, when you have a really strong why, um, you'll find the energy, the reasons Ooh, and, like and, the, and the passion to go and go for it and do yeah. it. So, yeah. So 25 weddings in New York last year, this year you said you're trying to cut back on that a little bit to kind of balance family life with work and so forth. Yeah. I'm trying to personally cut back my load, but I don't think the company is. I've been able okay. to bring on, um, a really strong associate shooter, slowly expanding my team out that way. So I think in terms of the business itself, it's definitely thriving. I just want to kind of take a personal step back a little bit. I love it. So, And the topic of hiring associate photographers is really probably a podcast in and of itself. So we might have to come back to that at a later date. And I'd like to pick your brain because I think you're kind of in the process of figuring that out too, how I to am. best implement that. Yeah, definitely am in the early stages. I think I've had some trial and error when it comes to bringing on other photographers. We've had some good experiences. We've had some scary experiences sure, as well. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think it's always hard when you're trying to let go and delegate. And even with the, being the creative in your business, I think that can be one of the hardest things. But yeah, we can definitely talk more in depth on think, this yeah I think we I'm already planning on a part two in my head now this could be a awesome. really good yeah point of conversation but how did you get started in photography to begin with what what was the starting point oh it's such a good question so I'm with the long story or the short story hey let's let's dive in deep <laughs> yeah go for it Okay, so um, growing up, I actually grew up in a very traditional Asian household um, in that, you know, you kind of think you're going to either become a doctor or a lawyer okay. <laughs> or yeah. maybe an engineer. Right. So growing up, I really didn't think of art as a possible career opportunity or career hmm. path for me. In college, I, I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I think you're so young and there's so much pressure on you. It's so true. Right? Yeah. So I would always think, okay, well, first I tried to explore going down the medical school path. Didn't, wasn't quite the right fit. Okay. Decided on law school, but I'd always walk by the art school with this curiosity. Like, what if I second majored in that? Or what if I could do that? So there was always something inside of me that was drawn to it. And you said earlier um, that you fainted at the side of the blood. So that was a good sign <laughs> you shouldn't be in the medical yeah, field, right? <laughs> I did. Like, I was like, why am I even considering this? I can't even look at blood. Like, that's not an option for me. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I was like, okay, law school, I guess it is. I did pretty good in school. As you're a goody two-shoe kind of student, right? Mm -hmm. So I got good grades. I studied hard. But um, junior year of college, my mom passed away really suddenly. So wow. I felt like she was my rock. She yeah. was like my direction, right? Yeah. And I had lost a lot of direction. Mm. Uh, life kind of took its own twists and turns. Um, so I went through some own personal struggles. And, but after that... You know, I got to a point where I was working a job and really was not happy. And I think so many people can relate to this. You get up, you go to work, you do the same things over and over. And if you don't feel like you're making a difference or an impact, yes. you just feel drained. And for me, you know, especially not being in the right environment, I was just like, this sucks. And I started thinking really long term, like I want a family. I want that flexibility. I want to be there for my kids. Um, and I kind of came back to photography because I think with everything that I had been through in my life, like photography was that one thing that let me hold on to everything that's beautiful in life, right? Like mm. anytime something is really, that's negative, a really bold statement, everything that's beautiful in life. Yeah. So, so what do you mean by that? I think that sometimes we just, we go through our own ups and downs. Everyone has their struggles, their heartaches and the positive things that happen in life. And for me, um, you know, photography is one of these things where most of the time, you're going to record these really positive moments in your life, right? The really beautiful moments. That's what you want to remember. And so with photography, you know, for me, I was just like, 
I always thought that it was a way for me to hold on to whatever's really beautiful in life, mm. whatever's really magical, kind of these magic moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with everything that I had been through, I was like, I'm just going to start a photography business. Not knowing anything, I quit my job, bought a camera, and started shooting a week later. Wow. Yeah. I, it's funny how many stories you hear about photographers who kind of got started on a whim and mm-hmm. things worked out. But, I mean, I can think back to when I first got started I mean, honestly, it was the equipment, the idea that I could buy this really cool camera and it was film at the time. So this, it was a Nikon F100 and I'd had this really inexpensive Minolta SLR and, uh, it did fine. I could take decent pictures with it. My initial portfolio came from pictures uh, or the, the images for my initial portfolio came from this camera, but go out and buy this, what seemed like a really expensive camera at the time. I think it was like $1,100 for this Nikon F100 and it was so responsive. The focus was fast, the motor that, that wound the film. I mean, I was totally geeking out on equipment, but that was a big part of the driver for me. I think the other part of it too was I was kind of breaking away from what my family wanted me to do yeah, um, or kind of what they had in mind for my life. And I wanted to do something of my own. And I think, I think so there's a little bit of rebellion in there too, but, but, um, yeah, it's funny to think about the motivation and we don't really have the perspective in the moment about what it takes to actually run a photography business. No. Um, (laughs) And we get lucky and we, we learn and and, we figure it out along the way. Yeah, exactly. So fast forward, let's see, how long have you been in business now? So that was how long ago that you picked up the camera and and started shooting? Um, that was before my daughter was born. She's seven. So I guess I'm coming up on almost my eighth year. I'm doing this. Wow. <laughs> and you're obviously making it work. And, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. You mentioned your daughter. Tell us just briefly about your family. Yeah. So I have two kids. I have Karina, who's seven years old. She is just like, she lights me up. She's just like, my kids are like the love of my life. And just, mm. they make me so incredibly happy. Yeah. My son is three. His name is Arav. And he's just such a sweet baby. I know he's been a little shy (laughs) since you've been around, but, um, just like when he holds on to you and he's like, mommy, I love you. Like there's just no other better feeling in the world than that. Right. I know. Totally know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's definitely been a shift for my husband leaving New York because he's been born and raised Queens. But I think this has just been an incredibly great family experience for us. um, I can imagine you were talking about the wonderful community that you have here and especially for your kids. That's, that's a really, really powerful thing. So let's, you mentioned KSD weddings. Um, that obviously kind of sets the, the stage for what your business is about. You're a wedding photography company. Um, but you've talked to me a little bit about what your specific position is as a wedding photography company. And I think this is, this is an interesting conversation, and I've said this so many times in the podcast, but I think it's really important. A lot of photographers exist just as a kind of a generic photography company without a real specific position statement. Mm-hmm. What actually sets them apart from the, you know, the 50 or 100 other wedding photography businesses in the area? So what is that brand position for you? Yeah, for us, um, this didn't come to me early on in the business, but it is definitely we help our, our couples or we help people create and capture magic moments in their lives, period. It's really simple, but for me, just such a powerful statement. If you take a step back and really think about what you're doing as a photographer is you're helping people remember this time in their life or helping them remember these moments that they're only going to get probably once in their lifetime, right? 
And, so, and do you think that, that your mom's passing made an Im, such an impact on you that, that, I mean, does that play into the, this brand position, the importance of capturing those moments? I think it definitely does. I think for me, I wish I would have had like a lot more images with my mom than yeah. I do. I know growing up, like my dad took pictures and video of us all the time, but for some reason, like I, I guess they're sitting in his garage or I need to like, co- you know, copy them, scan them over, but I only had like 11 pictures of my mom. Wow. So, yeah, I think that it's really important to have, like, these moments captured. And you never know. I mean, even with my own weddings, like, I just see the couples I've worked with go through so many transitions in their lives from babies or parents passing. And we, I, yeah, I mean, the work that we do is really impactful. Extremely so. So this isn't, you hear some photographers talk about this idea, but it's not just a cliche or kind of stereotypical idea. Having the opportunity, and I can think back to the privilege of, being in these, what are ultimately very intimate times in these people's lives on the wedding day, these families would allow us in almost like we were part of the family. And we get to be in there as, as the groom's getting ready or the bride's getting ready. And you know the, the, the father of the bride comes walking in and just you know, loses it because his daughter that is getting married and she's absolutely beautiful in her dress. And you're sharing in all these extremely intimate moments. They're letting you into that and you get to capture that for them. And I know we were kind of joking about this earlier, but it's 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 fascinating too how even just the opportunity to not only to be there to capture that for them, but to to create a positive experience for them in that in those very intimate moments translates to them saying you're just you're an awesome photographer. Yeah. And for us, a lot of that was just kind of staying in the background, staying out of the way during the during the the actual wedding day itself. Uh, but nonetheless, it's it's just an extreme privilege to be in that in that scenario. And we get to do that over and over and over again. Right. It's a really, really beautiful thing. It is. And I think that whenever you are doing this, you're in a service-based business or you're coming into this role, I think you just kind of need to put on that mindset of like the impact that you're making in people's lives, not feeling like, oh, I'm just, they're a photographer, right? So I think a lot of photographers who kind of struggle with that, or over time you can kind of get a little burned out or yes. dated yeah. and be like, oh, I've got another wedding or I've got a long day or yeah. these people don't appreciate me. But if you really think about the service that you're doing for the clients, it can really help you get into that right mindset of really being present for them that day. All right. Well, I know that we could probably spend a whole podcast in and of itself talking just about your photography business, and we may have to do that at a, at a future point. Uh, but I really want to get into this topic of, of sales today again. And we had just a couple of episodes. We had Sarah Petty on the podcast, and she bought a really, brought a really passionate perspective to bear about the topic of sales. I know it was impactful for me. And uh, we're going to dive into this topic again today. And you've got a really interesting and unique perspective to bring to our listeners. So I'm excited to dive into this. But before we do, before we get into kind of the practical nitty gritty, some, some things that photographers can do immediately and apply to their business, uh, tell us a little bit about what drove your, your passion, your interest in this topic of sales, why you want to educate photographers about it. Yeah, that's a really good question. So let me kind of start off by saying I actually look at myself as being a pretty big introvert. Okay. <laughs> it's something that I'm working on. I know that we've all got to kind of get comfortable with putting ourselves out there. Yes, and I, I think, can relate to that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think some photographers, hopefully more of them can relate. I mean, there's a reason why we're behind the camera, not necessarily in front of it, right? <laughs> That's an interesting point. Yeah, it'd be interesting to look at the psychology that drives that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but for me, you know, like just kind of looking at what a lot of the education is that is out there currently, yes. people are really promoting, you know, got to be strong on social media, got to have that strong social media presence, got to constantly be putting yourself out there, sharing content. And I, th- I agree with all of that. I think that all of that's great. But when I take a step back and look at how I've actually built my business, I don't really have a strong social media presence, but I've still been able to build a thriving business. Hmm. And so for me... You have my attention already because <laughs> uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I tend to be a little bit of an introvert as well. And I've just, even in the last couple of months or so, been trying to ramp up my efforts in social media and I, I, I struggle with it a little bit. I, I think, I don't, I don't know if it, this goes along with being an introvert, but there's a little bit of a perfectionist mentality that I have too. So Maybe. I, yeah, yeah. That I, I, I don't want to put it out unless it's just really incredible. And I love something that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. Um, he says, and I actually I'm looking at Gary's book right here, Jab, 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 Right Hook. If you guys haven't read this book before, you need to pick up a copy. Uh, but one of the things he talks about is the importance of documenting versus creating. So kind of just nonstop putting content out there. Right. There's going to be some good stuff in it. But I don't mean to digress too much. That's social media. You've got a different approach. And I'm really curious to dive into this. Yeah. So I think with my approach, um, it's more about taking a non-traditional uh, approach to something that seems very traditional to Interesting. people. Interesting. Okay. Most people, when they think about the topic of sales, most people kind of pull back. They're like, oh, I'm not going to sell. I shouldn't have to sell. I don't want to sell. Yeah. Right? Like, right. we don't want to sell. I think that's what most of us are in this mindset of. Whereas for me, I kind of look at sales in a completely different way. I think if you take a step back and if you look at sales as being a service to your clients and you put your clients first and say, okay, selling is serving, you can get in a whole other mindset and um, mindset about being comfortable with actually asking for the sale. So, you know, and I think the reason why I got started going down this path is because a few years ago, I was really struggling to be honest in my business. I had about two clients in my pipeline. Okay was doing this full time, struggling, feeling like I was struggling to pay the bills and was like, don't know if I can do this anymore. Just feeling really burnt out. Um, really all just very emotional about it. Sure. Um, it's easy to be that way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I decided that, no, I really, I do want this. I got reconnected with my why and the purpose behind the business and was like, which is so important. I I can't, I know we've talked about it a little bit already, but the, the importance of having, and you and I have talked about this too, since I've been here, the, the big picture view, right? That kind of overlying long-term goal that you're reaching for, that literally can drive everything you do from workflow to, well, actually, even before workflow, the business model to begin with, and then the workflow and everything else that's involved in the business. If you don't have that, your, your day-to-day activities are a bit haphazard in nature, right? Because you don't know what you're reaching for. Yeah, you don't know, and you don't know what to prioritize. You don't know what you really want to be going for, why you're doing this to to begin with, right? So I think I had gotten myself into that place and then quickly got myself out of it. Okay. So just being able to get reconnected with my why went from two clients to 20, like just book solid in less than six months. And it did really well, really turned things around. And so why I'm passionate about this is because I feel like if anyone's struggling in their business or they're not sure what to focus on next or having a hard time really gaining traction in their business, they can do it even if they don't have a lot of time on their hands. And so I think that, you know, especially for me being a busy mom um, and just having other priorities and things like that as well, being able to master this and coming from a place of service really helped me turn things around quickly in my business. 
Interesting. Okay, so let me go back though. When you were when you were looking back, kind of hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So um, you were you were struggling with your business, and then suddenly you saw this this really big jump. You had shot. You were shooting just a few weddings, and then suddenly you brought in like how many weddings was it? Like twenty within a short period. Within of time. really sh- yeah, a short period of time, which is like wow, massive spike on the on the graph, right? So one of the kind of the key factors there was this. Was it a shift in mentality to the focus on serving your clients versus just trying to be a salesperson? Yeah, I think that I had to get really uh, reconnected with how my work actually helps people, which is, I think, one of the biggest or one of the first steps that somebody can take is if they want to really make a difference when it comes to like being more effective when it comes to sales is think of how your work is really helping make an impact, even make an I help statement if you need to. What do you mean by that? Meaning like I help so-and-so, like I help blank, I help couples, I help people, I help mothers, whatever it is, like really identifying who your target market is and how you help them and the difference that you make in their lives. So it's like I help people capture magic moments so they have these moments to hold on to, to bring them more joy and happiness long-term, right? And everything you do, including this sales process is centered around or focused on that idea. Right. I think your clients will really feel that passion that you really want to be there for them. I think that that really needs to come through when you're, when you're meeting with your clients or talking with them is they want to know that you truly want to be there for them and that you are that person, that one to be there and connect and capture those moments for them. I think so many of us are scared to have these sales conversations because we think we need to talk so much about ourselves that, you know, we need to share like, awards that we might have won or how many years we've been shooting or all the sample (laughs) albums that we've created where for me like the process is just completely different like I don't share any of my sample albums I mean if someone asks I'll email them out a copy but like it's not the first thing that I turn to the first thing the first thing in my conversation is just understanding more about how I can serve them better and I heard you actually do this during your phone call with this potential client earlier it was fascinating um, you, you asked them what they wanted what, or what they were looking for. And like you said, it wasn't about, Hey, let me share all my accolades, but what is it that you're looking for and making sure that you're focusing on how you can bring them value. And that, that plays, I mean, that, that idea is so significant. I think for photographers as a whole, making it easier for them, uh, to, to go about the sales process. So again, this is a wonderful first step. Um, I'm, I'm making notes in my own, my own head here. It's just definitely applicable to me, but take us to a second step. What's another thing that photographers can do and apply immediately to their sales process and their business that will make a difference? Yeah. So like we said, like the first step is really knowing how you help people. And I think the second step that's really key is just understanding what's important to them. So I think when you're having these sales conversations and I just, as a side note, I think it's really important that we actually take the time and have these conversations. A lot of us want to kind of avoid them. I feel like, or it's just easier to avoid them. Sometimes we'll get inquiries and they'll ask for pricing. It'll be just so easy to email out our pricing and never get on the phone where I feel like you're really missing an opportunity there um, to connect with that potential client and build rapport because the sooner they feel more comfortable with you and the sooner they more feel, feel more connected to you, they're going to want to work with you, right? Mm. So they need to get to know you and they want to know, they're going to want to know that you actually genuinely care about them. And it's just a simple question of like, 
hey, what's most important to you? <laughs> and then letting them talk. Yeah. So sometimes you, it's not even you having to share all of the information. It's more of you just being able to ask the right questions and then understanding kind of what it is that they need and making sure that you are the best fit for them. There's a, it reminds me of the, uh, the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's kind of a classic when it comes to human psychology and human interaction. But uh, this is one of the ideas that he talks about is, and very, very simply put, and I'll paraphrase it, is it's the idea of focusing on the other person. Because in the, at the end of the day, people are most interested in themselves, in themselves. right? Or hearing yeah. their name. It's, it's about them. Um, it's just, we're, we tend to be selfish creatures. So that's the reality of it. And if we actually engage our potential clients in that way, just, and it doesn't have to be in the negative light. It's just the, the simple idea that I'm not focusing on me, putting me, me, me in front of them. It's how can I meet their needs when that's the focus? It's so much easier to, to make that sell. So that's, that's really great. So we talked about a couple of different things. Can you, can you give us one more? Yeah, Absolutely. I, and I think this is a really easy one that people can do, but sometimes we just get so busy that we miss it, but it's simply follow up. Like I, uh, there's a saying that says the fortune is in the follow up. And I think sometimes we get so scared to follow up because we don't want to feel like we're chasing clients. We don't want to feel like we're being annoying, but really, if you think about it, everyone these days is so busy and it's it, sometimes we just need those reminders. And so if you are coming from that place of service, just think that, hey, if I am following up with them, I mean, do it in a way where you're adding value. You don't want to be annoying and be like, hey, just checking in. But you can add a little bit of value. You can be thoughtful in your communication to them. Um, and then I think through that process, it'll just make it easier for you to actually make them a, a client of yours. Yeah, and talk, talk a little bit about your follow-up process because you discussed this with me earlier and I was really fascinated by it. I think it's a little bit... Uh, a little bit fancier maybe even than the average photographer's <laughs> approach, but, but talk a little bit about how you go about that follow-up process. Yeah. So I think overall, when you're looking at sales, it is really more about the entire customer experience or the customer journey, yes. really from the time that they come to your website to even after the entire event or wedding or transaction has incurred, right? So you want to make sure that they're having a great experience all the way throughout. And for me, part of that is turnaround time. It's being responsive. Mm. And so as soon as somebody inquires with me on my website, they get an automated email back right away. Um, so they're getting that immediate follow-up for me, which I think is so key because sometimes... I know we're all busy and you could get an inquiry and maybe respond to people a couple days later, but the truth is nowadays, if you do that, you're likely going to lose that client because they're not going to remember you. They're not going to remember who they, ch they tried to reach out to a couple days ago, right? right? Exactly. So I think having that follow-up, and for me too, something that I do to help set myself apart is I'll immediately send my potential brides and grooms three videos. So they'll get an autoresponder with me, they'll get my pricing, and then they'll get three videos from me. So they will get to know those me. Those are three separate videos? Three separate videos, like just real short, like four or five minutes, a little bit about what we're about, some tips for them, some helpful information. And so by and the I'm sorry, time, I said three separate videos, but three separate emails. So they're three, gonna get three separate emails, okay. sorry. Yeah, right. just okay. clarify, three separate emails. Yeah. So they'll have a bit of information and communication from me before they even get on the phone. And I find that's really helpful because by the time I actually get to the phone consultation with them, 
they already feel like they know me. So it's more like I'm just talking to a friend or they're just talking to a friend. Interesting. I mean, even this morning when we had that call, yeah. the call, the bride was like, hey, how are you? How's it going? You know, and I've never spoken with her before. Wow, that's interesting. So, you could hear in the tone of her voice that you, she felt like you, she already yeah, knew she you. she already bit. felt that connection. That's and cool. so I think when you can do something like that that's a little bit outside of the box, mm-hmm. and it's really a system you can set up in your business and just have it run. It takes an upfront effort to get it set up. But right. once it's there, I mean, think about the impression that can make upon your clients if they're getting three to four emails from you before you they've even had a chance to meet you. This is really cool. I, I, I'm seeing all these different like additional podcast episodes that we're going to have to do. Like We could do a whole one on just creating this workflow communication with clients. But uh, for those of you who are listening, Tina's not just kind of uh, saying nice things here. I, I saw her do just this. So as soon as you got off this phone call that we've referenced a couple of times now, um, immediately you went and clicked that button to send that first email. And then you went in and customized that second email and sent that as well. Uh, just this em- the, the, the level of service, uh, the impression that that makes on this potential client, I, I can imagine is incredible because they will likely talk to at least one or two other photographers that are not going to do that. They're not going to hear from them. And like you said, the world is a busy place. It's a noisy place now, and it's easy to get distracted by 50 different things. And you you forget about whoever it is you talked with or what the conversation was about or the details. The fact that you're on top of it immediately after, I can only imagine how much of a difference that makes in your conversion uh, of these potential clients to a client. So that's really, really incredible. We've got three really practical steps here that photographers can apply immediately to their businesses to improve the sales process. This is really, really great. But um, I know that you can kind of take them to the next level. So go ahead and tell us what your photography website is, but I also want you to share your education website that is dealing with this topic of sales so photographers can kind of take their understanding of sales to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my photography website is ksdweddings.com, but I've actually, for Boca listeners, put together a free special resource in which people can really kind of get a deeper understanding of my sales calls with the exact questions that I ask. So if you kind of hesitate on these calls, not sure what you want to ask or what you should be saying, I put together this resource, which they can get at my website, which is tinashadoshi.com forward slash boca. Okay, perfect. And we'll link that in the show notes, but spell that out just for those that are listening in. It's Tina, T-I-N-A, and then Shah. Shah, S-H-A-H. H-H, okay. And then Doshi, D-O-S-H-I. Correct. Okay, perfect. And then slash boca, B-O-K-E-H. So we'll link to that in the show notes. You guys are going to want to get this resource and... You can take your sales efforts to the to the next level. Um, and I've, it, again, it's it's been really neat, actually. I've only been here for all of uh, probably four or five hours, and I've got to see this firsthand, in person, immediately. Uh, Tina doesn't just talk about this. This is exactly what she does. And you're shooting weddings now, 10, 12, 15K, and working with high-end clients right. um, in New York and, and elsewhere. And uh, so you, you practice what you preach and it shows you've created something that's really successful. I'm excited for where you're continuing to go. And I think we're going to have to have you on at least another episode, come back and talk about what you're doing. But I really can't thank you enough for making time to share with our listeners today. And uh, you guys make sure that, that you go check out both her photography website as well as the education site. Pick up that free resource. We'll link to those uh, sites in the show notes. Thank you again, Tina, for no, coming on. Thank you, Nathan. I, it's an absolute pleasure. It's been great to know you, and I definitely would hope, love to contribute again in the future. Awesome. So. Look forward to yeah. it. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review in iTunes. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.